0: Socialite and millionaire Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial for her life. If the case against her, that she sourced underage girls for billionaire Jeffrey Epstein to abuse, is proved, the 59-year-old is likely to spend the rest of her days behind bars. It's a far cry from the life of privilege and entitlement she enjoyed. Among Western countries, the United States justice system is one of the most harsh, where if you do the crime, you do the time, and you don't get to spend it in club fed. With deep pockets, Maxwell has been able to hire top-class lawyers. They've argued she is more victim than villain, damaged by her association with Epstein. The trial is now over, and her fate is in the hands of the jury. Today we're joined by journalist Brad Hunter, who's been covering the proceedings in Manhattan. This week, the the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell came to an end, and the jury are, are making their deliberations as, as we speak. Um, for anyone who's been living under a rocker who hasn't turned on their television news in the last while, Elaine Maxwell is a Manhattan socialite, the daughter of uh, the now disgraced uh, British publishing magnate Robert Maxwell, who died in mysterious circumstances in 1991 and was found then to have plundered his his uh, his media company of its pensions. So she ended up then as a as a, a companion uh, as a, and a former lover of Jeffrey Epstein. Another a billionaire financier who committed suicide while in custody in 2019. He was already a convicted paedophile, so there has been some questions, certainly by the defence during this trial, that Ghislaine is actually on trial for Epstein's crime, and that you know somehow that she is a, I guess, an innocent party behind this, and is another a victim, so to speak, as, as as kind of I guess some part of the the, the defence. So that's one of my questions for you then, Brad. Who is really on trial here? Is it, is it Ghislaine Maxwell, or is there an element of the U.S. justice system wants to see someone hang for Epstein's crimes?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, uh, even that they uh, took a pretty huge black eye uh, in their dealings with Epstein, who famously got 10 months for soliciting a child prostitute, uh, and you know, as it was known as the worst deal ever. And that was partly because of his, uh, you know, political uh, and other connections. So I think there's an aspect that Jolaine Maxwell is a proxy. For Epstein, but at the same, uh, you know, to quote the great baseball player Reggie Jackson, who described himself on the New York Yankees as the stick that stirred the drink, I think I think Ghislaine Maxwell uh, was the stick that stirred the drink. It doesn't the whole uh, apparatus of perversion doesn't really happen without her she's the one that's booking these girls onto the flight she's allegedly recruiting them she's you know managing you know by by her own admission managing Epstein's homes right so if if you're uh uh you know, you're judged by the company you keep as well, and that you know, if there's a bunch of 15-year-old girls who are half-naked running around, that's gonna should raise your eyebrows and and uh, you know, give you give you pause for. Th- for a moment and it didn't it didn't seem to give her very much pause and indeed you know she's accused of being a participant in uh, a number of these interactions with underage girls none of this of course has been proven in court yet
0: now like she's on she's on trial for six counts um, offenses as you mentioned alleged offenses against uh, underage girls between 1994 and 2001 So, I mean, it's very much it would be what, you know, in Ireland, we would kind of term an historical sex abuse case. And we've seen a number of those. And it often comes down to the credibility of the witness and whether, you know, a jury actually believes the young person who is now now probably somebody in their 40s or late 30s. And certainly in this case, you know, they're that age now. You know have they done enough the prosecution in in the way they presented the case you've been you've been watching it so i mean do you, do you feel that they have done enough
1: i mean i'm i'm convinced of, of wrongdoing personally but also you know I know that they could have stepped on her neck and made things a good deal uh, worse i do, I, do, I for her i don't think that they really uh you know, went in with the blade swinging quite as much as as they possibly uh, as they possibly uh, could have, and you know, as you as you mentioned, even that that, that historical, particularly historical, sex crimes can be a sticky wicket um, because of memories you know that have gone, or and it certainly it's something that. A good defense lawyer is going to hammer away on uh, those memories, and that's, you know, absolutely what uh, Maxwell's uh, legal team have done. Uh, Now, to say whether it's going to be enough to sway the jury to give her a pass, I don't know.
0: So yeah. So what was the defense? What was their 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 main strategy? I know. I think the first witness was one of these experts on 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 memory and so on. But it it seemed to end pretty quick, didn't it? In terms of how many witnesses they had.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was it, w- it was a very uh, very quick wrap up. They had the memory expert, and they had a couple other. Uh, people on hand and whatnot, but the, but the, it was a two-pronged uh, strategy from the from the part of the defense in in this case. Number one, blame Epstein. Number two, blame Epstein. Number three, blame Epstein. Number four, uh, you know, point to the faulty memories of uh, you know young women who were traumatized and. Uh, do that a little bit more that that was their whole thing because they but i you know and she didn't testify and she certainly didn't come off any more sympathetic than she has in previous incarnations? She came off as imperious, uh, uh, um, snooty, and certainly testi- testimony went to that. And you know, we're at a ro- uh, an odd crossroads in our history where you know people from the right and the left uh, of the spectrum are uh, ready to string up the one percent, and you know, she's very much emblematic of that as well.
0: I mean, she certainly, you know, has had the kind of the life of born into great wealth. You know, her the old cliche of born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and she, you know, you know, after following her father's death, she miraculously hooks up with you know an extremely wealthy man based in 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 the U.S. with his private jet. I mean, there, there was a lot that, that hasn't been said about her. Um, I mean, like her famous black book that was all the pre-publicity about the trial. There was a lot of hype about, you know, all the big names. Was she going to name them or not? Um, I do know, though. You, you might take me through a little bit about, you know, wh- wh- why that wasn't brought up. I mean, there were some sections of it allowed and some weren't. And then, of course, we have the, the woman who is the, you know, famously, she's making the accusations against... Uh, in England's Prince Andrew and she wasn't called as a witness in in the prosecution case now I mean it depends whether she was underage in the UK or where the offenses alleged offenses took place or not I mean like like there seems to be and am I right in in, in, or did you get this sense as well that there's so much still under the surface that hasn't really been brought into light
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's tons and tons of stuff. There's you know, the myriad myriad connections of the wealthy and powerful to uh, Maxwell and Epstein. Uh, I think uh, I think what the prosecution's game plan and and for the defense as well was uh, to keep it simple, stupid, because you know they didn't want to. Uh, I mean, she's an unsy- unsympathetic. Witness, She's not, she's, so you don't want to call her to the witness stand. She's not going to fly with the six men and six women on the jury. Uh, So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to focus on two things. You want to paint her as somewhat of a victim of Epstein herself, kind of like the sport spurned woman, the devoted second banana who, the, the, the pepper iron, like Iron Man's pepper pots. Right. But, uh, she, uh, she, uh, uh, you want to paint her as you know someone who's in love with the boss and kind of spurned, and you know these bad girls are uh, trying to uh, trying to harm her. And but I think they, that they want the more the more you threw in to the gumbo that was on the stove, that was the Galen Maxwell trial, the less you know it would be more and more and more muddy and. I think the two ideas of blame Epstein and faulty memories are probably her best bet of getting off, if in fact she gets off.
0: And, and and you mentioned money. I mean, that was a key issue throughout this. You know, throughout this, this case. I mean, apart from the seven million dollars that you know Ghislaine is supposed to have spent on her defense team. Uh, when you when you look at some of the testimony from some of the witnesses, you know. They, they they were they were poor they were poor kids. They were vulnerable kids. You know, one of them you know uh, you know if if she 's be believed um, you know her you know she was recovering you know, her family were recovering from the fact that their their father had just died um, they met her at a they promised to send her to a drama school, another kid i think in in, in west palm Beach you know her her i think there was a talk about you know her, her parents were either again, one of them had died or there was addiction issues going on, so I mean they really were kids from you know one way or another through no fault of their own were on the wrong side of the tracks and here was this you know, urbane, sophisticated English socialite that was, you know, available to help them get a bit of part-time work doing massages and, you know, and, and, and spending their, you know, these $100 bills they were getting. I mean, one of the kids, you know, the boyfriend who was bringing one of them said, like, you know, he couldn't even change the $100 bills in, in the gas stations on his side of town, such as to the divide. I mean, did that, was that something that, that was real obvious, you know, in the testimony of, of the witnesses that they were coming from? you know that that kind of wrong side of town yeah yeah
1: I, I, it very it very much was and i mean that you know that's simply you know a fact of the case is is that these were women who were or young girls at the time who had been you know separated or plucked apart or who were you know their families were down at the at the heels right and i mean you come from uh if you've ever uh been to some of the areas that would be described as the wrong side of the tracks in Florida, I mean, then you're going to an oceanfront mansion at Jeffrey Epstein's house, and they're throwing out money, and they're buying you things and whatnot, It's, you know, I mean, and and as you say, through no fault of the girls, but, you know, it's, you know, a stark contrast to the life that Gailene Maxwell led. And I mean, I'm certainly led to believe that uh, that it's uh, those girls were disposable. To both her and uh, and Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, there's a, a you know they they described the experiences as as being soul crushing, uh, their involvement with with Epstein and Maxwell, and uh, you know I I I think that. Uh, the class issue is certainly at play here, and that's something that Americans don't generally like to talk about. What are you? Well, I'm middle class, you know, and and even if you know you're in a shack, you say you're middle class. Um, and but this is this is you know almost in that respects the class aspect of it. It's a trial for our times as well.
0: From what you saw of the trial, or you know what you were able to glean from the the testimonies of, I think it was four. Uh, alleged victims that were called for it. how did they come across like did you did you find their stories believable i mean were not not so much the, the the facts were believable but did they come across as as reliable witnesses
1: they came across as you know earnest women who would probably have rather been any place on the planet except on that witness stand but they were doing their duty they didn't falter much i mean they were you know they were they were there was some trip ups and whatnot like that but you know i can't remember what i was doing last tuesday night either you know in, in in fairness but when they told their truths they were straight on and and you know wasn't stumbling and stammering and then this happened and that happened and certainly uh, you know being a, an old tabloid hack yourself you know you know that certainly there's there's uh all sorts of room for colour in this story, you know? And and they, they told a very straight tale that appeared to be unembellished.
0: Sorry, was it one of these kind of uh, no-holds-barred, you know, tough uh, trials? I mean, like, did these witnesses... You know, you know, telling their their really personal testimony. Were they given a hard time by Galen's lawyers? I mean, did they really go for them? Not,
1: not really. I mean, they were questioned. They weren't crucified, as as you might expect, because I think that you know Maxwell comes across as such across as such an unlikable character that you you know the defense was really walking a very very thin line because, you know, they have their job to do and everything like that. But if they go too hard on these, you know, vulnerable young women or vulnerable women, uh, you know, they're going to look like ogres and that's not going to help Maxwell at all. So, so they did, it wasn't really the bloodbath a lot of uh, people expected it. It, it might have been.
0: Now, I, I I don't know if this happened on your side of the Atlantic, but certainly it was it was it was clear here in some of the the media, particularly the British media, there was a kind of a, a pre-trial push. They kind of garner some kind of sympathy for Ghislaine Maxwell, and I presume that was just kind of overflow stories that, you know, it was of interest to readership in the UK and was picked up here. I mean, there was all talk about, you know, the dreadful conditions that she's, she's had in her Manhattan detention center. She, you know, she chats with a friendly rat when the rat turns up from the toilet. Um, like, her, her brother Ian Maxwell, I think, gave an interview. I'm not sure it was on CNN. And, like, and he pretty much tried to turn it into a Me Too kind of uh, moment, you know, that somehow, you know, Ghislaine was, was similar to, you know, other, other victims of rich and powerful men that, that, you know, that somehow she was the victim in this. I mean, has any of that permeated in, you know, on your side of the Atlantic in terms of would that have had any effect, you think, on a jury?
1: Um, I don't think so because I mean, you know, she's, I mean, this is since she was caged in July of 2020, she's just, she's, you know, prattled on about, it's like every week there's been a complaint about the jail conditions and yeah, but the thing is, is Susie Shoplifter sucking it up. Why can't Gawain Maxwell? It's just every day. Her hair's thinning. She's skinny. She can't get a vegan diet. The food is bad. Well, yeah, after... You know, growing up extraordinarily wealthy and stuff like that, yeah, the food is going to be bad. Yeah, you're not going to get as good a sleep as uh, you might in uh, your uh, king-size bed. But, I mean, those those are the facts. And so it's just been on and on about her. And her family has showed up and said, you know, this is not the only we know and everything like that. But this is the same family that didn't know for, like, four years that she was married to uh, the the another rich tech guy, but, uh, who's been in the shadows. So, so, I mean, you know, they don't know what, I don't think probably they know bugger all about what uh, she's been up to over the last 30 years, you know, I mean, it's, and I don't know whether that would work because the United States, you know, um, you know, as, as an outlier, you know, among the West uh, as far as prison conditions and things like that, right? Well, you did it, too bad. You're slammed in there and you're going to have to suck it up no matter, no matter what. And there's not really, and that's, that's the widespread public view. You know, you, you're, you know you're accused of uh, sexually trafficking these young women. Well, too bad, suck it up and so I don't know whether I don't think any of that stuff would win any uh, sympathy from the jury I, don't, I, I, just, I just don't see the jury uh, the jury's going to uh, focus strictly on the facts uh, of, of the case uh, rather than anything else and I think her defense was very wise indeed to uh, not make uh, Maxwell front and center you know either either for better or for worse, i mean they, they, you know to, they didn 't paint her as mother teresa, uh, and you know so you know i, I think I think they realize they 've got a difficult job uh,
0: there, was, there was one point there during the trial which i i, I was kind of, wasn 't sure like the significance of it. you might explain a little bit, but um, there was a number of photographs that were released um, i think, presume, presumably by the prosecution. Uh, and and these included, you know, Glaine giving Jeffrey a, a kind of a deep foot massage on a private jet, you know, a picture of of the two of them together in a in a in a, uh, in a log cabin, which turns out people were able to track to. Uh, it was the Queen's uh, uh, log cabin in Balmoral Estate. So like what? So what was the point? What were the point of these photographs? I mean, I, I presume these were shown to the jury.
1: I think, yes, they they were. And I think the point of the photographs was to show that Maxwell and Epstein were thick as thieves, uh, you know, over a very, very long period of time. You know, here they are here. Here they are there. They're, you know at the Queens thing, they're connected here, they're wealthy, they're living their best life. Look at all these pictures of them cuddling and smooching and snogging on on some of the most luxurious spots in the world, so what? You know, she was. uh, She didn't know what was going on. She's that tight with the guy, and she wasn't that. uh, You know, knew what was going on. So either she's extraordinarily naive and stupid, or she was part of it. Like there's no real gray area in there. It's gonna got to be one or the other. She's a fool, or she's a fiend.
0: Again, I guess I suppose, in a sense, then I mean that's why the whole uh, the idea of calling. I mean, I think the first witness for the prosecution was the pilot uh, of of Epstein's of Epstein's um, private jet. You know, it'd been dubbed the Lolita Express. And again, I think this is where you know people were, were, or certainly when I say people, probably a lot of journalists were hoping there was going to be some interesting revelations about who exactly flew on that. But I suppose, is, is that, was that the whole, was this whole kind of, the reason he was there, was it just to, it was just to kind of give a flavor of the lifestyle and the fact that, that uh, Maxwell, she was there all the time as well. It wasn't as if she was, you know, rarely seen with him.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's what I got too. even, was this, that, that she was very much a part of his daily life, uh, you know, going forward for, you know, 20 years, you know, and, and I think the pilot was, uh, I mean, the, his purpose was just there, just saying, yeah, she was always on that plane over a very long time and, you know, and the pilot said that he didn't, you know, uh, he wasn't aware of any uh, sexual hanky-panky uh, occurring on the jet but, you know, he was there. There were young girls, there was Ghislaine Maxwell, there was Jeffrey Epstein. Rinse and repeat. And, and you know, I mean, you and I, you know, in those circumstances, would you know, well, we'd be long sitting in jail. Uh, but uh, and I think that's what they were trying to do. That was to paint the picture that she was crucial to his Jeffrey Epstein's world uh, that, you know, of... of you know, arranging the girls going here, there, uh, uh, visiting his friends wherever they may be and whoever they may be. Uh, that she wasn't, you know, a disinterested uh, woman worrying about nothing but her nails and stuff. She was, you know, uh, she made she made the world go round for him.
0: That was. Uh, I remember one of the uh, the witnesses I read about. Uh, was the guy who used to be the janitor or the kind of the the whatever his exact role was? I think he was half butler, half janitor, you know, pool guy, the whole lot in 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 the Palm Beach mansion. Uh, and he'd been there for a couple of years, and then you know Maxwell came on the scene, and he didn't really like like what he he didn't like what he saw at all. And he would, he was sometimes sent out to collect you know girls or you know arriving from wherever and bring them to the house, like. I mean in a way he could be one of the most damning witnesses. So like I mean, how how did he come across and you know I think he was he was already on He came he
1: came across you know he's uh, uh in his early seventies sort of thing. I guess he's a retired gardener now. And he came across as very truthful, very uh, you know, very honest uh sort of thing. I mean and again, it wasn't any embellishment, it was just this is you know, what I what I had to do. This was part of my job. I would do this. And he didn't like her. I mean, she had, what What was it, a 48-page list of household rules that you couldn't look Epstein or her in the eyes. It was always Mr. Epstein and Ms. Maxwell. And the description from one of the witness was that she was imperious. She came across as imperious, and you look at those household rules, and it's just, you know, I mean... You know, just just shocking, <laughs> just just shocking. The entitlement is staggering, staggering.
0: Has, has there been any kind of clue, uh, you know, during the trial as to her her character? I mean, has there been much about her behaviour on trial? I mean, like she's been doing stuff like you know hugging the lawyers and apparently sketching the sketch artist. And I mean, she she spoke very briefly at the end, but that was it. Just to say the case hasn't been proved against me.
1: Well, that's it. But if you and I were on trial. I wouldn't say that I'd leave that to my lawyer. I wouldn't be presumptuous enough to say to a a U.S. federal judge, the case against me hasn't been proven. You know, and, and, and I think that that just goes to a character and sketching the the court artist and everything like that. That's, you know, that's being a bit naughty. And, and but that will tell you the entitlement that, that she believes she has. She, you know, and, uh, you know, I think we've all seen lots of things. And uh, I had a, uh, you, know, I, you know, I've spoken with people who know her and, and uh, basically, you know, she's, you know, allegedly, you know, a terrible person.
0: has has there been any clues so far as to what way the jury might go or what they're focusing on? I know that they went back within an hour looking for some transcripts. Like, was there anything significant in that? I think
1: I think I mean, the one aspect is, is is that uh, the yes, they asked for uh, transcripts of the testimonies of three of the uh, alleged victims. And uh, one of the uh, so so that might be a positive sign for Maxwell. Maybe not, but I mean that's those are certainly part of the, of the more contentious aspects of the trial. Um, so they'll have another look at that. Whether that will be enough to uh, you know get her off the hook, I don't know. But but it's certainly not a bad sign if they want if the jury for. Maxwell, if the jury wants to have another peek at those transcripts.
0: And like, where will it go from here for Maxwell? I mean, you know, at this at this level of court, I mean, what sort of appeals are open if the case against her is, you know, if the case goes against her, the jury find her guilty. I mean, you're talking about these, you know, very long sentences that you get in the U.S. that, you know, it'll be, you know, 30 to 40 years, something like that. Presumably, if she's convicted of all six counts, uh, she's she's <laughs> if she's convicted
1: of all, you know, no doubt. Be, if she's convicted, there will be there will be appeals. Now, whether they want to, whether they'll, the Supreme Court will want to hear it, I don't know. But she's looking at 35 years in the slammer. She would be out when she's, I think, 94 years old, and you know, the best before date on the red carpet is gone by that point. Uh, so you know whether. You know, uh, conditions in, in U.S. federal prisons are better than uh, uh, state prisons, but they're still prisons. And she may they may not because of the nature of her offenses. Even if she is convicted, she, you know, she may not be headed to Club Fed, which you know famously are kind of open and have tennis courts and different things like that. And you know, are you know more like. I guess being locked down in COVID than the, than the, uh, uh, r- actual prisons, but but yeah, I mean she's going to f- fight this tooth and nail. I don't know how much money her, her family has. I do know that uh, that you know Epstein gave her an excess of thirty million. US.
0: You know, would there be a chance of buying herself some element of comfort either through, you know, through legal means by forcing courts to say, you know, she's got terrible skin. She needs to be in a, you know, as you call it, a club fed type facility and in, in, in Florida or, you know, or is that open? Is that open to people in the U.S.?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, it's basically, it doesn't really, I mean, if you're black and poor, you're screwed, right? Because, you know, you, as you've probably seen over the years in these death penalty cases in places like Texas and Tennessee and stuff like that, where the defense lawyers completely bombed and incompetent. And, and so, I mean, but if you've got good representation, then chances are, and you've got the money, you're going to have an easier ride. It doesn't mean a free ride, but it means a significantly easier ride.
0: Okay, so the the Gilded Lily might still hold some hope for her. So do you think her the, the reputed 7 million dollars that she spent on her defense team was it was it money well spent or could they have done more?
1: I don't I don't know how you do more. I mean, you know, you've got an unlikable client, right? You're also, you know, somewhat, you know, and they asked this question during jury selection. They asked the jury about how they felt about the rich. And, you know, you can say, well, yeah, you know, I don't care sort of thing. But that's certainly, you know, I think hovering in the background of most conversation at some level of most conversations in much of the west right now that you know hey you know i'm not <laughs> i'm not making any headway at all what's with these people so you know i mean you know you've read i've read parts of that you know followed parts of that trial where i've you know almost gone to the the shed and started making molotov cocktails myself um so i don't think that that's going to uh, i don't think that that's going to uh She will have the money to have an easy ride and she'll be able to fight it for probably a pretty long time. But, you know, once the U.S. government digs in its heels, then it's going to be probably pretty close to game over.
0: There was no big reveal, I don't think, in the case, like, you know, in the movie, My Cousin Vinny, where, you know, it it couldn't have been a 62 Cadillac because their transmission wouldn't leave a tire mark like that or whatever it was. I mean, there there, there was no there was no smoking gun. There was no video of any of this or there was nothing like that. So we are it is really going going to come down to whether or not the jury believe what it looks like. The three of the four women, they've obviously decided to, to, to discard you know, for, for either way, they're, they're, they've made a decision on one of those four. So it's really down to whether they believe those four women, isn't
1: it? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's what it's going to get down to. Because, I mean, the defense had to go in with an element of uh, Maxwell as, you know, victim uh, because of of uh, Epstein, right? And Epstein's such a fiendish character that, you know, you can do that. But they didn't overdo that because... Clearly she was with him for a very long time and it's not like you know some poor woman down at the council houses with an abusive husband where she can't just leave. Maxwell had the wherewithal to leave at any minute and and you know that's you know also one of the reasons why she didn't wasn't uh, released on bail like Harvey Weinstein or uh, uh, Bill Cosby, and that's because she had the passports and the wherewithal and the connections to get out of the country and be hidden indefinitely. Uh, so so I think, but I, yeah, it will get down to whether, I don't think, I mean, they had to go with the Maxwell, with the uh, Epstein gambit, but, but it'll ultimately get down to whether they believe uh, the accusers.
0: How long generally do juries del- deliberate for in in american trials i mean i, I guess it's I, I imagine it's similar you know to the irish system that some days they come back after 40 minutes and other times they can they can take a whole week they can take
1: they can take a week we don't know but i will tell you that we will know before christmas what happens to what's going to happen to uh Ghislaine maxwell because it's a christmas jury right and it's either way oftentimes that you know benefits the defense but sometimes the prosecution too of okay I want to go home to my family and tuck into some turkey and a stiff rum and eggnog and so they'll say okay let's wrap it up you know
0: what way? what way? Are you going to bet your uh, Christmas turkey on, on on which way it's going to go? Of course, sorry, are Thanksgiving people—you've already had your Christmas turkey. Are you going to pres-
1: no, 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 no. We have—we do our Christmas turkey as well. We do—we do Christmas turkey as well. Cr- cr- turkey's the star of the show at Christmas. My uh, my bet is is uh, that uh, she will be convicted. What go, What happens from there? How many of those uh, charges she's found guilty on? I'm not uh, taking any money on, on that, but I will bet you, bet you a stiff Guinness uh, next time I'm in Dublin.
0: So one way or another, this story is going to gonna run and run. Brad Hunter, thanks so much for joining us on Crime World. Really enjoy it. Eamon, take care. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.